0: So good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this, the 21st of June, it's the 12th Sunday in ordinary time. My name is John Keeley. and help me to present the programme again this morning, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane.
1: Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good. Thank
0: you very much indeed. We're also joined, as usual, hopefully, by many listeners who are housebound. Who are lonely, who are struggling in some way today. Those listeners who support us each week in prayer, and thank you so much indeed for that. We hope in these days of concern amongst a lot of listeners that we're bringing you some hope and some cheer as we go through the week, as we go through our program this morning. Our program is broadcast on West Limit 102 FM at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. each Sunday. And the podcast of Sacred Space 102 FM are just some of the Come and See Inspirations podcasts available for playback and download at our Come and See Inspirations page. That's Inspirations at budspread.com. All you've got to do is just Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll find us there. Just a, a few notes. Um, the 10 a.m. session, the 10 a.m. mass that we have each Sunday, uh, sorry, the 10 a.m. program that we have each Sunday morning here in Westermate 102. We link in with Abbeyfield Church to connect listeners with 10am Mass and we thank the Tony Mullins and the parishioners of Abbeyfield Church for facilitating us and allowing us to, to connect in with that and also for Jason Smith um, who is connecting us via West Limit 102. On 11pm on Sunday nights we continue with our normal programming. We would like and appreciate if people did contact us just to give us their views or their thoughts or maybe some inspiration in terms of guests you might want us to have on the program, even music you'd like us to play. Our text number is 87 6088 That's 87 6088 Or you can email us, comeandseeinspirations at gmail.com. Now, just to bring a few little notices to listeners' attention of um, some further programming that we have taken place during the week these days. First of all, we do have an inspirational reflections programme being broadcast each day, uh, just after the day 1pm news on West Limit 1 at 2 till 2 o'clock. During that programme, we pray the rosary and we also co- go back through our archive and, and play some of the inspirational reflections that we've encountered with guests over the years. But this particular week coming, we're going to continue broadcasting the novena that's a no, the, the Novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help, taking place in Mount St. Alphonsus Church in Limerick by the Redemptors. Um, what we're doing is we're recording the 8 a.m. session there in in uh, the uh, church in Mount St. Alphonsus in Limerick, and we're going to broadcast that and uh, on the 1 p.m. Inspiration Reflections Program. So just after the 1 p.m. news, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to be broadcasting an evening session. At 8 a.m. tomorrow night, we're going to broadcast the closing ceremony of the virtual pilgrimage, the, the Lewis Diassean virtual pilgrimage taking place currently. That's the closing ceremony it has been taking place over the weekend. You can also link into that actually via the, via the diocesan website. Just going back to the Novena for Our Lady of Perpetual Help again, you can also tap into that by googling novena.ie. To remind listeners again, the sessions inside in the church are 8am, 10am, 715 and 9pm. That's 8am, 10pm, 7.15pm and 9pm. And of course, tomorrow night again, um, just a special again, 8pm, it's the closing ceremony of, of the virtual Lewis Pilgrimage Diocesan. Pilgrimage is taking place currently. Now, Shane, science for the week.
1: Yeah, so um, just before we get into that one, though, John, um, just, I suppose, to say to folks that are listening, because as as you said, we've been broadcasting the Mass um, from Abbey Field over the last couple of weeks, and as you said, a big thank you, big shout-out to uh, Father Tony Mullins in particular, uh, but all involved with that ministry in Abbey Field. But it's also an important point just to say to people, folks... The permission has been given for our churches to reopen on the 29th of June, and pretty much it puts us up to us as Christian as a Christian community. Um, if we want our churches to reopen, we need to get involved and we need to help out. There's going to be a huge cry out for ushers and Eucharistic ministers and readers and stewards and all this kind of thing and cleaners. And obviously, it can't just fall back on those that would be the regulars, because many of them could be in the cocooning um, situation. So I'd be saying to a lot of people, you know, it's time, I think, that we offer our services. If you want your church to reopen, pick up the phone to your parish priest. And if you can only offer one hour a week, I'm sure he'll be more than delighted to help take it into the reckoning when they're trying to figure out what they're going to do now. So, John, in terms of the celestial guides for this week, so as you said, it's the 12th week in ordinary time. So, we're starting back into ordinary time after all the, the heaviness of Lent and Easter and the last couple of weeks, we're up praying the Psalter week four. So, Monday is the 22nd, it's the feast day of St. Th- John Fisher and St. Thomas Moore. So, if you're trying to figure out, I've heard those names before, where have I heard those names before? Think of A Man for All Seasons, the film, okay? And so John Fisher was the Bishop of Rochester. Thomas Moore was the, a lay, first lay commoner, cha- Lord Chancellor of England, both of them under Henry VIII. Both of them suffered and died uh, martyrs under Henry VIII. John Fisher opposed the divorce with Catherine of Aragon. and uh, He was imprisoned for that because he didn't do what the, the King Henry VIII wanted. The Pope decided to make him a cardinal. And it is said that H- King Henry is supposed to have said, well, he can't be a cardinal if he doesn't have his head. So that's what happened to poor John Fisher, and then Thomas More also suffered martyrdom, and he um, because he refused to bend his conscience, he said God before crown but well, the king's loyal subject always as he ascended the scaffold to his death. And him, uh, Thomas More is the patron saint of lawyers and those in public life. Then on Tuesday the 23rd we have one of the Irish martyrs, Blessed Francis O'Sullivan a Franciscan who was killed in Scariff Island in County Kerry in 1653 and we celebrate his martyrdom on the twi- or we mark his martyrdom on the 23rd of June. On the 24th, of course, we have the big one this week. It is the feast day of St. John the Baptist. So that, of course, means the 23rd is John's Eve. Once upon a time, a very important day in the agricultural calendar, uh, probably the general consensus my historical consensus is that it was probably a christianization of an early celtic feast when the herds were taken up to the pastures. but obviously of course now we associate very much with celebrating the nativity of saint john the baptist and there i mention it folks close your ears that means there's are six months to christmas <laughs> but anyway <laughs> go, we won't mention go. it again we won't mention it again. <laughs> so then the 25th of June is the feast day of St. Saint Febrona of Nispus, a saint associated with Mesopotamia and suffered under the Diocletian persecutions. There's quite a numerous lurid tales of her martyrdom. Uh, generally accepted at this stage all to be fabricated, but it's an interesting one all the same. Of course, Mesopotamia for those that are trying to figure out where in the world that is—that is now modern-day Iraq. Then on Friday, the 26th. It's an interesting one, John. It is the feast day of Saint Jose Maria Escriva, who of course is famous for being the founder of Opus Dei. Okay. So that's that's whose feast day we celebrate on Friday. Not very well known in Ireland, I have to—I um, would say—you um, know—not that common. But it's still there. They have a numerous, numerous number of, and they have one or two, they have a parish in Dublin, the Dublin Archdiocese as well, uh, Opus Day. Then on Saturday, the 27th, we have the feast day of St. Cyril patriarch of Alexandria is a bishop and doctor of the church one of the great speakers and writers against the heresy of nestorianism at the council of ephesus in 431 and that the council of ephesus is famous because it proclaimed mary as the mother of god in her most ancient official title as theotokos that is the uh, mother of god and of course it also happens to be the feast day of our lady of perpetual help and of course will mark the end of the solemn novena in limerick john that's what we have in terms of Celestial Guides
0: this week. Shane, thank you very much, Neil, for that. So just before we go for our spiritual communion prayer, just to remind listeners, I, I, I just want to advise listeners, as Shane just mentioned there about the churches opening up and so on and so forth, I guess on the programme next week, in case I forget, is Father Frank Duick, a parish priest of Newcastle West, who will be um, leading us in a little bit of a reflection around that subject. But in the meantime, a spiritual communion prayer, the best way to receive Christ is in Holy Communion at Mass. Yet for those times, you can't get mass. You can still reach out to him by making a spiritual communion prayer. And this is the prayer. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now it's time to go for our first bit of music. Um, The piece of music that we got this morning because this is the Feast of the Sacred Heart there just a few days ago. It's Sweetheart of Jesus by Regina Nathan. Um, jo- join us again in part two, where we'll have a beautiful reflection. Uh, looking forward to this reflection by my good friends Ed and Fiona Collins from, Be- from Belfast. And they will give us a reflection on uh, the Sacred Heart and, of course, St. Margaret Mary Eloquy. So we'll go out with this beautiful, beautiful piece of music, Sweetheart of Jesus. Join us again in part two. So welcome back again to Sacred Space, uh, come and see Inspirations uh, production in West Limit 102 here. Uh, my name is John Keeley, still joined on the other end of the Skype line by Shane Ambrose. And it's like for me to welcome back again, I think it's five or six years, six years, I think, since we had our guests on to join us. And welcome again onto the programme, Ed and Fiona Collins from Belfast. Belfast. Good morning to you. How are you?
2: Good morning. Good morning, John. John. It's great to hear your voice.
0: Thanks. nice to hear your yeah. voice, guys.
2: And a great great honour for us to be back on the programme again.
0: Well, thank you very much indeed now for the and thank you indeed for joining us because it's a it's a very it's a very important time, special time for us this time of the year. I know it's very close to Shane's heart, uh, my colleague here, but also. I know to yourselves, um, we want to speak, we're speaking, of course, about this time of the year when we celebrate the Feast of the Sacred Heart, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So I'm asking these two colleagues of mine to come on and share what they can and what they'd like to help us to understand what the Sacred Heart is all about. I think maybe the place to start might be maybe the story of St. Margaret Mary, who had a very important part to play. Would that be right?
3: That's right, indeed it is, John. Margaret Mary is also known as the beloved disciple of the Sacred Heart because, in fact, it was Margaret Mary that the Sacred Heart appeared to in uh, in the 1670s. Uh, She was born herself in 1647 in a little village uh, called Verovra in the region of Burgundy in France, which is about halfway down the country towards the east. It's about 20 miles from Parry, Lamonia. Uh, she was the fifth of seven children and she had quite a hard life, John, because at the age of seven, very young age, her father died. After that, then shortly after that, uh, she became ill herself and she remained in bed through her illness for four years. And during this time, she prayed to her lady and asked for her lady's intercession to help her. And she promised her lady that she would dedicate herself to the Lord and that she would become a nun if she recovered. And that's, in fact, what happened. So in 1671, she kept her promise. She went to Parry-Limonial and she entered the Visitation Convent there. And it was shortly after that, in fact, it was about two years after that, that Um, she received her first revelation from the Sacred Heart. Now, I just want to explain a little bit about that because during her time in the convent, and even before she went into the convent, when she was a very young child at the age of four, she had many encounters with the Lord. And when she entered the convent, she she heard a voice interiorly saying to her, this is where I want you. So she knew she was in the right place. And when she was in this convent, as I said, she had many encounters with the Lord, but there were three main encounters that she had that people uh, today are aware of, and those are called revelations. The first one happened on the Feast of St John on the 27th of December. And Ed, maybe tell you a little bit about that yeah, revelation.
2: Yeah. Um... I I think one of the the most touching moments during this first revelation was when St Margaret Mary begged Jesus to take her heart and give her a heart just like his. And Jesus then reached out his hand and he took Margaret Mary's heart and he put it onto his own. And she said looking at her own heart, it was like a tiny speck in the burning furnace of Jesus's heart. And it was really a furnace of love. And Jesus then gave her back her own heart and she immediately felt such an intense love for God and for all humanity. In fact, her heart was actually on fire with love. It was a really a very, very intense moment for her during that first revelation.
3: And then, John, after that, the second main revelation was a year later, and it happened on a first Friday. And Margaret Mary was in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. And this time the Sacred Heart appeared to her, surrounded by thorns, and the five wounds of the crucifixion, dazzling like the sun, which was a reminder really of the suffering that Jesus went through from this for us. And he asked her for two things. He asked her to receive Holy Communion on the first Friday of the month. And he also asked her to spend an hour in prayer the night before. And in fact, that's where we have in recent, that's where we have nowadays the two devotions, the First Fridays and the Holy Hour. That's a lot of people I'm sure listening would be familiar with those two devotions, the Holy Hour and the first Friday. And then the third revelation happened in 1675 and again Margaret Mary was in prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament and the Sacred Heart at this stage asked her that a feast day would be created in his honour. So after all of these revelations, Margaret Mary was overcome with anguish and uncertainty. And in fact her own community questioned her visions mm-hmm. but the Lord promised her that he would send her what he termed as his faithful servant and perfect friend. And that's, in fact, what he did. He sent to her aid a man called Claude de la Colombiere, who is now a saint, Saint Claude. He was a Jesuit priest. And when he heard of the uh, revelations and when she recounted everything to him, he was immediately convinced that these revelations were authentic So he, in fact, helped her uh, to spread devotion uh, to the Sacred Heart, as we know it. He and the Jesuit community.
2: Yeah, Um, John, I just wanted to say that really, um, simply, that the story of the Sacred Heart is a story of love. And, you know, there might be somebody listening to this program Mm -hmm. right now and maybe they feel that no one loves them. Maybe they feel alone, and Jesus, right now, through his sacred heart, is saying to them, I love you with an intense love that you can't fully understand. And Jesus is saying, You are special, you're special to me. I am interested in every little detail of your life, and I have a plan just for you. That's, you know, if people are willing to open their hearts, um, Jesus is saying, open your heart and receive the love that I am pouring out onto you.
0: Do you know, that's a beautiful message there, um, Ed, that you you just shared with us, because I say quite a few people Mightn't understand that as fully as maybe we could or we should, you know, that that we've all been brought up, of uh, my own vintage anyway, with the picture of the Sacred Heart in the in the house, but maybe not quite understood
3: mm-hmm. this
0: message of intense love.
3: That's right, uh, you know, I can verify that myself, John, from my own life. I mean, I was brought up a practicing Catholic. But really, I would say for quite a long time, I well, I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I knew about the Sacred Heart. I knew I was familiar with the picture of the Sacred Heart because it was in my granny's house. It was in my own house when I was growing up we were given one as a present when we got married over 30 years ago but it didn't really mean anything to me and it was only when I found my own faith when I developed my own relationship with the Lord that really this um, whole image of the Sacred Heart and the profound love that Jesus has for each and every one of us we are so special to him you know he he knew us before we were even conceived. He knew us before we set foot on this earth. And he loves us so intensely, mm-hmm. you know, and we just have to turn to him to receive this love. We don't have to do anything. We just have to accept it, you know, mm-hmm. open our hearts. And in knowing the love of Jesus, then I don't think that you can remain, uh, what would I say, uh you can't remain emotionless. You have to go forward, and you want to spread that devotion.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You want to mm-hmm. spread that love.
2: Yeah. To yeah. others. To say that one of the um, one of the longest journeys, John, that you can make, is from your head to your heart, because most people mm-hmm. live in their head. Mm-hmm. We're always analysing things. We're always trying to work things out, and we forget that maybe the. The core of everything, mm-hmm. the core of love comes from the heart. That, you know, we forget ourselves. We need to forget ourselves, reach out to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sacred heart is pouring out love. He wants us just simply to open our hearts mm-hmm. and receive it. And once we receive it, sure, we can pass it on to other people as well. You often see people who are full of of joy with the Lord they have received that love and what they want to do is spread it out mm-hmm. to everybody that they meet. You don't want to keep it to yourself it's like you know there's no point in filling your tank and of course mm-hmm. yeah, no mm-hmm. point in filling fill your petrol tank and not moving your car so the Lord is pouring out his love into us and he wants us to spread it out to everybody, spread the devotion to the Sacred Heart and with joy as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, was trying to do? And maybe at the start, it wasn't so easy for you. She, she met a little bit of opposition, did she?
3: Well, she did indeed. Well, she had, as I said to you earlier on, John, she had quite a lot of difficulties in her life, even in her very early childhood. As I said, her father died. She lived with her aunts. Mm. Who were not always very kind to her. Mm. Her own mother, who was uh, fine with her, but her own mother didn't want her to enter the convent, but she knew that that's where the Lord wanted her to go. So she had opposition from the very start. Then when she was in the convent, her life wasn't so easy either. Uh, Her own community uh, were very suspicious about uh, her visions, didn't fully accept that they were true. And it was only when Claude de la Colombiere came uh, on the scene, and he authenticated the visions. He believed her, that he was a, a support to her.
0: Uh, and um, uh, uh, after she died then, um, or, or maybe before she was died, uh, were, were these made public and, and, and devotion continued? Well, yes,
3: after St. Claude uh, authenticated the visions then, there was a feast day created uh, to the Sacred Heart, and the devotion then, through the help of the Jesuit order, then began to spread um worldwide. And I think that in itself is an amazing testimony to the power of, of the Lord. You know, when God wants something to happen, hmm. it happens, in spite of any difficulties that Margaret Mary or anyone else would have. You think of today all the technology that we've that we have at our disposal, which is wonderful. And yet, no, back in 1670s, they didn't have the internet, they didn't mm-hmm. have WhatsApp, they didn't have phones, mm-hmm. and yet, no, all yeah. the devotion um, spread.
4: spread. Yeah. You know, it
3: became barrel, as they say nowadays. It spread to every corner of the earth. As I said before, we had a picture in, in my own house growing up, my granny had a picture. Um, and I didn't know myself until we purchased. Uh, a secondary home in France, not too far from Paris-Limonial. I didn't even know that that is where Margaret Mary received, received her visions. And mm-hmm. in fact, most uh, French people, it's amazing that uh, Paris-Limonial is, there, a beautiful little town nestled in the heart of France. Most French people, even practising Catholics, wouldn't know that that's where Margaret Mary France's received secret. <laughs> received her her apparitions received her revelations from the Sacred Heart as Ed says there it's Francis's best kept secret yeah
0: and isn't it beautiful too that I mean after Ed sharing there about the absolute love of Jesus for all of us that that, that the feast day is celebrated on the Friday after Corpus Christi after the right. the feast of Him giving Himself to us to us. And the Friday after we got this wonderful feast of the Sacred Heart.
2: You know, John, um, Jesus gave a few promises about those who okay, um, yeah. spread devotion to the Sacred Heart. And one of the things about God is that He, he never breaks His promise. Um, for those who honour the Sacred Heart, spread devotion to it, He has given, He actually gave 12. Promises, But uh, I won't go through them. I'll just give you a few examples of some of the promises that Jesus made for those who treasure and honour his sacred heart. Um, He will bless every place which has an image of a sacred heart. And I remember um, years and years and years ago, no matter which house, Catholic house you went into, uh, there was always an image of the sacred heart. And Jesus has promised that he will bless every home which is an image of the Sacred Heart. Um, and praying to the Sacred Heart will bring peace and unity to your home. Um, sinners, and of course we're all sinners, will find in Jesus' heart a source of infinite mercy. And we can really trust in him Uh, And those who promote devotion to the Sacred Heart, and I think this is lovely, they will have their names actually written on his heart. And his heart will be a safe refuge in the last moments of life. These are wonderful promises coming from God, promises that will not be broken. We just have to open ourselves up to that devotion to the Sacred Heart. Thanks for that, Ed. Maybe
0: just before we close off this section, is there any one thing you'd each like to just remind us of in this moment of the Sacred Heart devotion?
3: Well, I suppose I would say I think back to my own story. And I was in my 30s before I developed any kind of relationship with the Sacred Heart. And if you're listening to this interview and you are a bit dubious um. Maybe you're wondering, you know, about the whole devotion of the Sacred Heart. You're wondering whether God exists. I would say to you uh, just one thing, and that is open your heart. You know, if you want to develop a relationship with the Lord, if you want to tap into that love that he has for you, you know, just ask him. Just open your heart and ask him to show you that love. And I am sure he will.
2: And I agree with Fiona, the heart is the heart of love. Love comes from the heart. And we need to spread that, especially in these days when there's so much disrespect for other people, there's so much violence, there's so much going on in the world and lacking in love, that we just need to trust in the Sacred Heart Ask him to make our hearts like his. Reach out to others. Let us pour the love that we receive from the sacred heart. Let us pour that love to everybody that we meet.
0: What a beautiful thought to take with us for the rest of the week. Eden Fiona, thanks for a lot for, for taking time out for, to prepare and to really deliver that beautiful message all about love for us. Just before we leave this part of the programme, I know you're going to stay with us for the Gospel, Um, there is a beautiful piece of music you're chosen by Mark Forrest. It's entitled You Are Mine. That's right, John, yes. It's a special message too, isn't it? You are mine.
3: It is, especially the bit where it says, you know, I love you and you are mine. Again, that's yeah, talking about... Going
2: back to love again. uh (laughs) I love you. Message of
3: the Sacred Heart
0: perfect. So let's listen to Mark Farris singing, You Are Mine. Come back and join us again in part three, where we'll read and reflect on today's Gospel.
5: A voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. you in the silence. I will lift you from all your fear. You will hear my voice. I claim you as my choice. Be still and know I am Afraid, for I am with you. I have called you each by name. Come and follow me, and I will. Who dwell in shame, all the blind will see, the lame will all run free. Can kind of you.
0: So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space, Muslimic 102, a Come and See Inspiration production, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. Ch- Shane Ambrose is joining me on the Skype line, and also Ed and Fiona Collins. Uh, great thanks to you guys for, for joining us to give us that beautiful reflection on the Sacred Heart. But this is the most important part of any program where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. And before that, Shane will pray this prayer. We always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. And this is for all of us to read and reflect or just reflect on what's been said. Thanks, Shane.
1: Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word. But receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So
0: the Gospel for today. Thanks for that, Shane. The Gospel for today, the twelfth Sunday in ordinary time, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 26 to 33. And we will invite Ed Collins to read that Gospel for us this morning. Thanks, Ed.
2: Okay. Jesus instructed the twelve as follows. Do not be afraid. For everything that is now covered will be uncovered, and everything now hidden will be made clear. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the daylight. What you hear in whispers, proclaim from the housetops. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Fear him, rather, who can destroy both body and soul, in hell. Can you not buy two sparrows for a penny? And yet not one falls to the ground without your father knowing. Why, every hair on your head has been counted. So there's no need to be afraid. You are worth more than hundreds of sparrows. So if anyone declares himself for me in the presence of men, I will declare myself for him in the presence of my Father in heaven. But the one who disowns me in the presence of men, I will disown in the presence of my Father in heaven.
1: Thank you for that, Ed.
2: Thank you very much indeed.
0: Shane, have you got a thought or two to start us off with there?
1: Yeah, um, so... I suppose we're we're reencountering Matthew's gospel um, in one respect. We're we're entering into I suppose what is called ordinary time, and we're entering into the twelfth week in ordinary time. So we've gone through Lent, we've gone through Easter, we've gone through Easter tide. Then we had the great festivals of Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, Corpus Christi, and now we're 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 into ordinary time. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to walk with the gospel of Matthew. Uh, on each of our Sundays and this Sunday's gospel um, I suppose there's a couple of things to be to be borne in mind I suppose first of all just in terms of what we've heard and generally the consensus among those that know these things is that what we're listening to here is a collection of sayings of Jesus that are, are that he that he taught to his disciples and I suppose if you think about it like it's it's like it's like uh, you know when the when the gospels were put together. Of course, they're the they're the accounts from the first witnesses, which is the apostles and the disciples. And like anything like that, where they, they've 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 um, they have a good friend or someone they've known, like someone they've loved, like we'd have with our own family. You have sayings and expressions that people remember. And I think if we were to look at these these things to, in this Sunday's gospel, I suppose what would be maybe the two or three things that we could take away from it and reflect on it this Sunday as we're doing our lexio. And I suppose there's, there's there's two or three things. The first thing, of course, is, as always, with Matthew's Gospel, we're entering into that great expression, do not be afraid, be not mm-hmm. afraid. It's the very mm-hmm. first sentence um, that's that's there for us this Sunday. And as we've said over the last couple of weeks, the Gospels very much have seemed, seemed to be speaking to us in our time at the moment of covid and the tra- the traumas that we're going through, both in terms of the fear, in terms of dealing with the pandemic, but also the social and economic consequences that families and people are dealing with. And again and again, the theme that has come out over the last couple of Sundays, which we've picked up on, is the idea that we are not alone, that we are not forsaken, that we are not forgotten, and that Jesus is saying to us, do not be afraid. And that's very much, I think, a theme that's coming out in this Sunday's gospel, because he's, it's, a, it's a gospel of challenge. I think the first section is very much a challenge to those of us that call ourselves Christian. But then the second part was very much an offer of consolation and of support. And I have to say, John, when doing Lectio on the gospel this week, I was seesawing between the two in terms of which was the one that was speaking to me most and, and as of reflecting on it during the week. So I think I'll start with the one, the, the middle bit, which talks about being not afraid of those who kill the body but can kill the soul, but cannot kill the soul, and it's the, the, the discussion about the sparrow. And again and again, it's a reminder to us that we need to be aware of the challenges of the world that surrounds us. And it's actually something, um, it can be seen as being very old fashioned and it can be seen as something as being very traditional, Um, but it's actually something which has been very much a thing picked up by by both Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis. I have to say, the amount of times that Pope Francis has spoken about the devil is actually, it's its interesting way. It's not something you'd expect from him. But from a man who's very much in touch with popular devotions and understanding and speaking to people at a language that they can understand, he has always been reminding us that we need to be on our guard against the temptations in the world that are around us. And we're human beings. We fall. You know, that's the reality of it. That's our nature. That's who we are. But always, of course, as Christians, we remind ourselves to get up and to journey onwards. And there's also the other side of it in that, par- that pericope today where Jesus is saying, you know, he's the, 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 this, this part of this comparison to the sparrows. Now it's something that's picked up in two of the gospels. I think it's also in Mark, in Mark. but it's that, that reminder to us that God cares for the smallest thing in the world around us, the sparrow, the little sparrow. Um, he counts the hairs on your head. And I suppose for me, it was something just very much to remind people this Sunday that no matter what you think, no matter what people say to you, no matter where you are in your, your, your journey at the moment, it is very much a reminder to you. And it links into what Ed and Fiona were talking about in part two, you are loved. You know, very much in this month of the Sacred Heart, which is a month dedicated to the love of God, this gospel very much reaches out and gives us that reminder this Sunday that you are worth more than a hundred of sparrows. And if God is concerned about a sparrow, how much more must he be worried about you and concerned for you and caring for you and looking out for you? And the thing that we have to remind ourselves is A, that is that he cares for us, but B, that we must always turn back to him. That, That call that goes out, that call to metanoia, that call to conversion, which takes us back to the first part of this morning's gospel, which is the challenge that's there for Christians which is that we should not be afraid to stand up and call ourselves Christian. Um, I think it was Pope Benedict the 15th. he was the Pope during the First World War, and he always said he was proud to call himself, he, in terms of family name, he's, he's Christian. his first name was Catholic and his family name was Christian, so he was Catholic Christian. And it's very much a reminder to us that as Christians we are called to be witnesses in the world. Um, and it's something that we need to be very conscious of at this moment in time, where we have a society and we have a world that very much has lost the language and understanding of faith, has very much moved away from, you know, for the first time in almost 5,000 years of human history, where we are trying to completely ignore the divine spark that's in each one of us, that we are called to re- have a, div- a relationship with the divine. And as Christians, we say that relationship is in the person of Jesus Christ. So this morning's gospel, I think, is very much that challenge for us as Christians. And the third part of the gospel is that anyone who declares himself for me in the presence of a man, I will declare myself for him in the presence of my father. So it's very much that promise that's there for us, that if we try our best to stay true to the heart of Christ, if we try our best to stay true to the message of love and compassion that is there in the Gospels for us, that Christ even more so will look after us, even more so than he does with the sparrows.
0: Shane, beautiful thoughts. Thank you very much, Nate, for sharing those with us. Head of Fiona, or both of you individually, have you got a, a thought you'd like to share with us?
2: Shane summed that Mm -hmm. up beautifully, so he did. Uh, I was just, um, again, very very struck by the two sparrows. And the fact that a lot of people nowadays, you hear them saying, oh, I'm worthless. Um, Nobody cares about me. I'm useless. And here Jesus is saying, no, Mm -hmm. you're not. Mm -hmm. You are valuable. I love you. You're special. There will never be anybody like you ever again. Nobody who's lived. Nobody's going to live. Nobody's living at the moment. You are unique. And that's what makes us so special. Jesus is saying, yes, you're precious and you're precious in my eyes. I love you. And I want you to believe that. Believe in that love that I have for you.
3: Yes, and I would, I would uh, agree with that totally. Everything that Ed has just said there, the bit that stuck out for me is really what Shane mentioned there at the beginning, was do not be afraid, especially in the times that we're living in. And the other little phrase that I love and is very dear to my heart is every single power on your head is counted you know you could just take that one little line out meditate on it that is an amazing thought you know god is interested in every single detail of our lives you know not just in us as i had said but every single aspect of our being lord knows us inside out he loves us with a love that we can't even begin to fathom so much so that he has every hair on our head counted it's amazing
0: beautiful so thank you very much indeed for sharing that with us ed and fiona and shane just a little thought that i just want to share with listeners uh, and, and you know something something that that just got me there just a few minutes ago I mean both the, both the reflection by by Ed and Fiona uh, in Part two and the Gospel today it 's all about God taking care of us and all about love and The thought that comes to me is something that Father Frank Duick actually shared with Father Frank Duick as a parish priest in Newcastle West and Father Frank leads us in Lecture Divina every week, and in these times um, he emails his his, his thoughts and Today, Father, uh, Father Frank asked us the question and he says, have we a good, enough, a good enough grasp of the individual care and attention that God pays to each of us? But bear in mind what we spoke about in the second part of the program and today's. Do we have a good enough grasp of the individual care and attention that God pays to each of us? And, and the other one, do we really realise... Our worth in God's eyes Just what Ed just said Do we really realise our worth in God's eyes And I suppose it might be no bad idea For us maybe to take away those few thoughts Shared shared by Shane Ed and Fiona And maybe myself there All based around that whole idea Do we really realise Our worth in God's eyes So maybe with those two thoughts uh, And the thoughts of Ed and, and Fiona In part two We'll have to leave you for this um, for this week, and we with a beautiful program. Thanks again for Ed and Fiona for preparing such a wonderful reflection for us there in part two of the program. Thank you, John, yeah. and Shane
3: too for your thoughts. on the
0: S- Thank you, <laughs> and, and and just to let listeners know, we did mention there just a few minutes ago that um uh, that, that well, well we did mention actually during the program that that. Um, Harry Le Maniel, of course, is, 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 the, is, is the centre for devotion to the Sacred Heart. And Ed and Fiona, you moved over there a few years ago yourself, didn't you?
3: Well, we yeah. did indeed, John. About. In fact, it was in the year 2000.
2: 2000.
3: And I suppose it's a very long story.
2: The Holy Spirit. The Holy, was Holy Spirit
3: was hard at work. <laughs> um, previous to that, uh, I had just found my faith. And as a French teacher, we had spent every single summer in France, Ed and I together. And we used to travel about and occasionally we'd go into the estate agents because we wanted to buy a little place and just to put down notes and practice our language and so on, meet French people and speak French and, and uh, all the rest. And in the year 2000, uh, we quite by chance, but really through the Holy Spirit, uh, ended up in... Burgundy uh, near Paris-Limonial without really knowing anything about the Sacred Heart and Margaret Mary. We ended up buying a house there and it was after we bought the house then that we discovered Paris and all that it has to offer. We discovered uh, the Emmanuel Emmanuel community which has the guardianship of the shrine and um, just putting it all in a nutshell I can only say that after that um, our lives changed dramatically for the better. It's absolutely amazing how the Lord has worked in our lives
2: yeah. since then.
0: Well, it certainly has, and, and of course the Holy Spirit. So, sorry, Ed, were, were, were you about to add something there?
2: No, I'm just saying, praise God. Praise God. And we have to give all the glory to God. And the
0: Holy Spirit. He's and
2: working in our lives, if we can just open our eyes and see him working.
0: Well, it looks like there's a few more programs or there's a few more times when we need to make contact with you guys to, le- to let us know how, how the Lord is working in your lives. But in the meantime, we'll have to finish up this program. Uh, again, thanks a lot for, for joining us this week, Ed and uh, Fiona. And Shane, you, you picked a nice piece of music to finish up the program today?
1: Yeah, I just thought it was a nice one just to go out on, John. It's Audrey Asad and Sparrow.
0: So until next week, from myself, Shane, Ed and Fiona, God bless now. Bye.
1: God bless. bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.